50% of our traffic is now driving actionable business results. All right, now we're at less risk of big Google fluctuations, right? If the market hits in a different way, we're more diversified with the content we're offering. And that goes back, I think, to the original strategy is spending time, spending effort, to write pieces of information that one can obviously rank. Welcome to Unmiss, your go-to digital marketing hub. I'm Anatoly Ulatovsky, here with expert tips and exclusive chats to boost your online game. Let's get started. Hello, guys. Welcome to our show. Hello, good people. Welcome. Hello, bad people. Welcome. Hello, anyone who want to learn more about marketing magic. Welcome. Today it's hard to achieve any result without magic, but we will show how you can create your magic, how you can get your results, sales, traffic, and whatever you are looking for. I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Rob Ferion. How are you? I'm doing well, Anatoly. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, pleasure to be here. Looking forward, oh. to, looking forward to chatting with you. Pleasure is mine because I'm a student. I need to get new skills. I love to learn from experts like you. I enjoy the process. And uh, if you stop growing, I think you can leave marketing. <laughs> you can find something else because in marketing, it's very important to adapt. And for example, I check the last data about AI. Uh, almost all marketers adapted to AI. I don't know who ignores this tool, but uh, most of content creators, marketers. But in other occupations, it's not the same. Only 25% of all occupations adapted to AI. So marketing is a quickly changing world. Rob, before we start, just tell more about yourself, experience, background, and anything that can help our listeners to learn more about you. Yeah, that sounds great. And, and on your point, yeah, I mean, I think that's what I love about marketing and advertising, right? Is how fast paced, how quickly we adapt and have to change with the dynamic market. Um, but yeah, my background, my name is Rob Farian. As you mentioned, I'm the co-founder and part a partner of Flying V Group. Flying V Group is a full-scale digital marketing advertising agency based in Southern California in the United States, uh, particularly Orange County. Uh, our business was founded in 2015. Uh, we've served 350 plus clients up to this point. Uh, with a variety of different uh, services, full-blown marketing strategy, um, development projects. So we're really providing an end-to-end -end solution uh, for each of our particular clients. So we really put an emphasis on creating processes and systems and strategies for our clients that obviously incorporate uh, different product lines that we offer. So whether it's SEO or paid media buying, social media, uh, part of our goal is to really be consulting experts in that, you know, we're listening to our clients' needs, um, we're listening to who their customers are, and then from there, we're putting together a specific plan roadmap um, that's going to maximize their success. So definitely a true believer in uh, need custom strategic planning. There's not a one-size-fits-all marketing solution, um, regardless of whether the client's in the same vertical uh, there's always nuance that's required. So uh, my background's always been through and through in marketing, was a business major, uh, marketing emphasis, uh, started out in just regular marketing advertising roles. And um, my brother's one of our other co-founders and then Brennan Smith, 
good friend of mine. Uh, we just one day decided to take the leap and say, hey, we think we can provide more of a white glove, high value service for our clients. That's 100% focused on overall performance um, and driving results that impact actual business financials and bottom lines. Awesome. I love your background, great background. And Rob, I want to ask about your marketing agency. Today, we have a million marketing agencies, freelancers, specialists, consultants, a lot of them. Can you tell about your unique selling proposition? You know, if I cooperate with any client, I usually search for unique selling proposition for strong sites. But uh, can you tell how you are better than many other million other agencies that we can find online? Yeah, good question. I honestly think it's it's pretty simple in that we really, the fine details to us do not get missed. Um, so I think it's an attention to detail and it also is pulling in uh, strategy and consulting. Um, so we're not just a taskmaster in that the client's telling us what to do and we are going and executing it. We are coming in and making specific recommendations in terms of what they should be doing. So we are really needing to partner with clients that are going to allow us to take the lead and put the onus on ourselves that, hey, we're going to actually be able to drive the results that move the needle. Um, so for me as an owner, I'm always putting the pressure on our team that we have to meet these certain expectations or exceed these expectations. Because if we don't, then we're no longer going to have these clients um, with us. So I think we do a great job of that. 90% plus of our clients are with us for 12 months or longer. Um, and I think it really is because our fine tuned and attention to detail is all on the performance metrics that are generating a return on the investment. So I think it's one thing to say that, and a lot of agencies say that, but we really live it. And I think part of the way that we live it as well is in the processes and the systems that we've built within our organization also. Um, so that gives us a definitely a competitive advantage in that we work faster, more efficiently, uh, we get more done in less time. Um, and that obviously passes even more value through to our client. Um, and so we're constantly trying to beef up the value proposition in just in the, in the matter of what they actually get with what it's costing them to work with us. That obviously is allowing us to drive a better return on the investment. Awesome. Love it. Love it. Yeah, great. And I think it's part of our job to uh, lead customers in the right direction. I often get uh the wrong strategy you know when i have new customers they can tell me you know i wanna achieve this i wanna steal traffic from my competitors and can list competitors if you ask me to compete with mr beast i can't because <laughs> he's good with video uh and uh, probably i'm good with writing it's important to find uh yeah outcomes. yeah yeah yeah, no, that's a great point. I mean, setting expectations and just being honest too, right? Um, I think that's one of the things that we lay out very early is that we need to set realistic expectations too. And if those expectations don't align with the client or they don't 
believe us for whatever reason, then a lot of times might not be a fit, right? Um, and that's perfectly okay in business because if you're not a fit from day one, you know, it's going to be hard to make it a fit, you know, in month one, month three, month six, especially if there's differences in opinions or there's unrealistic expectations. So I think that's where, too, we use a lot of data, metrics, past experience to um, give reasonable assumptions and expectations and say, hey, based on what you have, here's what we can do. And if we want to elevate that, okay, we can, but here's what that will entail as well. So um, getting on the same page early on with clients um, is, is really key for us too, um, because just as important as us being a fit for them, them being a fit for us and understanding how we work and what helps to make us successful is important too. And so if you have somebody that might be battling you against that, you know, that's where obviously there could be some friction and then that doesn't work out for anybody. Yeah, yeah, love it. Uh, I couldn't agree more. Uh, you mentioned about creating strategy. Uh, and according to data, uh, most companies have no documented content strategy. Most companies. Um, I, I think it's a big mistake when you can't document, when you can't write down all your strategy, uh, because these companies usually chase generic strategies, check out competitors, uh, have no special plans. Uh, and um, even if companies can create strategy, I often see uh, so generic, nothing special. Uh, and um, for example, uh, I usually get a huge list of keywords that companies want to rank on Google, like, like 100k keywords. Uh, and um, uh, when these companies have only one, two copywriters in a team, it's a big mistake, you know, it's better to create less but quality. So can you tell your methods how to create strategy that will provide results? Right. Yeah, great question. And that was kind of one of the things we saw very early on when doing some research about starting the business was you had a lot of organizations and they had really siloed approaches. So you had like paid media buyers that were working or maybe an agency working on the PPC side of things. You had an SEO company working on the SEO work, but there was no cross collaboration. There was no cross channel holistic marketing strategy in which you had somebody overseeing everything and understanding, okay, how the different parts fit into the overall strategy. So when we came in, you know, we wanted to say, hey, we can provide something that's full scale because a lot of times within those strategies that are build, built, there's, um, there's complementary pieces, right? So you need the paid media to be working in this way that will support the SEO efforts or vice versa or wherever social media might fit in. So for us, what starts uh, any sort of engagement and conversation, we're working backwards, right? So we want to know what is the client trying to accomplish? Um, who are they? Who are their customers? What have they done in the past? So early on for us, it's all about discovery. Um, so we want to take a deep dive into who is the business? What do they do? What are they good at? What are they bad at? Um, what capabilities might they have? And then from there, okay, we'll take that understanding and see, all right, what's something that's actually reasonable for us to suggest from a strategy standpoint? Does it align to get us towards our goals? And then obviously we look at everything from a funnel-based standpoint too, right? 
Um, we can't just right out of the gate uh, start soliciting individuals that might not know anything about the particular company, right? Or maybe this decision is a personal decision that happens over the course of three, six, 12 months, whatever the period may be. So we have to take that into account in terms of, okay, you know, what type of activities are we performing for top of the funnel to build awareness? And then once we have awareness, what type of strategies are being used in the middle of the funnel? And then at the bottom, you know, when we're going for, um, you know, driving that actionable result, whether it's a conversion, a sale, whatever it may be, you know, what tools are we using at that point too? And so um, it's one, aligning with the business goals and capabilities first and foremost. And then number two, it's fitting those different pieces into the spectrum of the strategy from start to end of that customer journey. Um, and I think that's a piece that's missed a lot of times as well is that, you know, everybody, everybody wants things to happen immediately, right? But we also need to sometimes take a step back and realize, and, and this is where we love marketing, right? Because it's so challenging and so dynamic is that a lot of times it's not just a simple black or white decision, right? It's a lot of very small decisions that have happened over a period of time that get somebody to make that bigger decision. So, so yeah, those are all things that we're thinking about. Um, obviously you want to take into account the psychology of the customer as well. Um, what platforms are they on? How are they taking in information? And then that's going to obviously dictate, all right, what platforms we use, uh, when we use certain strategies, um, and really wrote again, road mapping that, uh, to, to put ourselves in the best possible position to succeed. Oh, great tips. I want to dive more on that. Um, uh, once I spoke with a client who lost 400,000 traffic because Google dropped uh, his ranking positions, but he didn't lose any sales. So a lot of traffic and he spent resources, time to create this, to get this traffic, but he lost and he didn't lose sales. And um, it's a common issue I often see on social media when companies create content for the sake of likes, comments, engagement. Uh, but I don't care about views if I can't sell, you know. Yep. It's the same with SEO. Uh, we can get traffic. Uh, for example, if I take SEO, let's imagine SEO. In the first, it's hard. It's really hard to get this keyword because most Google itself, Neil Patel, many big, great companies who deserve these ranking positions. In the second, it doesn't mean that I can sell by having this keyword. Right. So can you tell how you relate content ideas, marketing? Because uh, as you mentioned, it's not overnight success. It takes time to mm -hmm. get it. Uh, it doesn't matter what kind of marketing, including paid marketing. Uh, I don't know when someone can tell, oh, in, in pay-per-click, I can get results for a few days. How? <laughs> Show me. It takes time to test. Mm -hmm. And I know companies lost like five, 100k because of their own right. strategy with pay marketing it right. takes time to analyze to create even landing page uh, to relate with your customers journey and specialists spend this time to right. get success so tell your methods how to unite the sales funnel with content ideas yeah great question and and yeah on the point of time time's one of those things that like we can't replace right like yeah. you you can try with like a bigger budget to where the idea being, okay, if I'm spending $12,000 over a 12 month period, well, if I spent 
$12,000 in month one, then I'd get a year's worth of data. But even that's a fallacy in the sense of, you know, you've got seasonality, right? You've got ebbs and flows, uh, demand spikes and changes. So, you know, the longer period of time you have to work on marketing strategy, the more insights and data you get, that's going to create more consistent feedback, consistent results, right? So yeah, time's always something that, you know, we tell clients, hey, the commencement of the project is going to be by far and away the worst performing moment of all, right? The first month is going to be the worst performing month more than anything, right? But the further we get out from that commencement point, the more data and feedback and real world information yeah. we get in, that's where we improve. Um, go into the content piece. So yeah, great question there too. We really look at intent um, when we're talking about content. So to your point, like, yeah, you've, you can drive a lot of vanity metrics, right, of likes and follows and clicks or whatever. Some of these big companies, you know, they put out motivational posts or or they say happy birthday to an employee, which all that's great, right? All of that, I think, is a piece of the puzzle. Um, but going back to our mantra of driving performance and results, so in the forms of leads or in the form of sales, we're always looking at buyer intent. And so how can we create content and information uh, around questions that customers are asking when they're getting very close to making that buying decision? Now, with that being said, again, it kind of goes back to, okay, you have to look at the competitive landscape to where, you know, are those keywords that you might be targeting high competition to where, okay, we might need to go more of an awareness type approach early on fill up the traffic funnel and then we have retargeting happening with more bottom of the funnel content um, but i think with the tools that you have nowadays with keyword research identifying gap analysis that's one of the things we're looking for is what are those questions that your customer is asking you before they're ready to pull the trigger on whatever the transaction may be and then from there going and researching okay where are their opportunities right where's their high volume of that type of traffic where might there be low keyword difficulty in terms of ranking and then from there okay matching that that research with high quality content and information that solves that problem or answers that question um so that's where that content strategy we're always looking to work towards those types of questions um but then we're also we know as well that volume of content, right? Continuous touching on those particular topics or maybe variations off of those topics, that's eventually gonna build that topical authority as well to start to you know, really drive up traffic to more of those pillar-based content pieces. So it's kind of the 90-10 rule, right? It's like, okay, you were saying he had 400,000 visitors that dropped off, but traffic or sales remain the same. Well, that's probably because, you know, all of those sales were coming from maybe five to 10% of the content itself. So that's where we're really trying to move the needle as we see that split is, you know, you kind of have these vanity metrics to where 90% of the traffic's being driven to content and information that doesn't really generate the results, business results that we want. And that's fine, right? Because there is value in that still, but we're trying to move that needle more towards the center, right? To where, okay, let's say... 50% of our traffic is now driving actionable business results. All right, now we're now we're um, at less risk of big Google fluctuations, right? If the market hits in a different way, we're more diversified with the content we're offering. Um, and that goes back, I think, to the original strategy is spending time, spending effort, 
to write pieces of information that one can obviously rank, but then two, when it does rank, it's going to drive some sort of action or it has a higher opportunity to drive action once that visitor is on your site. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Uh, Rob, I want to ask about creating this high quality content. Um, for example, um, I often speak with my friends about a new movie. I can ask, is it a good movie or not? Because I respect my time. I have no time to watch movies that are not interested. And most common reply is like, uh, nothing special. Okay. I watch similar movies many times. Uh, the same plot. And uh, I think it's the same with marketing. When uh, websites create content that we have today, a lot of similar content, you know, just uh, uh, rewrite existing content. I think ChatGPT can do this job much faster, you know, to rewrite. But can you tell about finding topics where you can bring something new, unique, valuable? So your tips about that. Yeah, great, great question again. So you're exactly right. So what we're seeing with AI is that it's just there's more content being produced, but the content that's being produced is much more similar, right? So you're not getting as wide of a spectrum because, you know, people are able to produce high volumes of content, but the differentiation in the content's very little. Right. To your point, it's like you read one piece on this topic, you go and read another on a completely different website that might not know anything about the other website. And you have a similar piece. Right. I'm not saying it's plagiarized in any way, but it's just the output of the information ends up being the same. Now, that's that's been true for a long time. Right. Because at the end of the day, you know, there are basic principles from an advertising perspective that we take into um, every engagement that we have. I think where the differentiation is going to come now is injecting the expertise um, and insights from the experience that somebody has. So it's one thing to be writing a piece of content. It's a whole nother to be writing that piece of content and relating that to a real world client experience that you might have had and talking about the struggles and the challenges that uh, you went through with that information. So, for example, with our content writing process now, we'll definitely, we script out the content, we're writing the content, we have content writers. There are pieces that we use AI for some of the quick production to do things more effective and efficiently. Um, but then when we have that batch of content produced based on, let's say it's 20 topics, I sit on a video call with our director of content and I go through and I talk about each of those topics and I relay it to an experience that we've had at Flying V Group because then we're able to, okay, inject that into that piece of content. We're hitting all the kind of baseline metrics that we know we need in that content, whether it's like SEO optimization, um, whether it's length or whatever anybody else wants to say is moving the needle in terms of, of ranking. But what other pieces will not have is our specific unique experience based on that topic. So I think that's the piece that AI is definitely going to play a role. It already has, as you know, um, in terms of getting things done faster, in terms of um, creating better processes, uh, more fluent uh, processes for teams. But I think that's really where the individuals that spend that little bit of extra time to make that piece unique or make it their own, 
or relay it back to how they do things, that's where there can be a big differentiator because we're all trying to achieve the same things, but there are a lot of different ways to do it, right? And so providing your unique spin and uh, your unique strategy to that content piece, I think that's what will start to elevate and, and still provide that real world personable experience when reading content versus did anyone write that, right? Or did I just read a bunch of, of machine learning, AI, uh, robot text? And I think, you know, we're humans at the end of the day, right? We're always yearning for that human interaction, human understanding, and more importantly, human trust, right? So I think that's going to be a big piece too, is that I could go and spin up a website tomorrow on a topic I know absolutely nothing about, and I can start producing content and information through AI on that topic, but that doesn't mean I know anything about that topic to where, okay, when someone actually reaches out for me to do whatever it is I'm saying I'm doing, I'm not going to be able to. And so I think that's where that personalization is going to become very key. Um, uh, the last time I speak with AI more often than with my wife, now, <laughs> <laughs> I can ask a bunch of questions. And But what I found, I can't create content. I mean, like high quality content if I don't know the topic. Yep. Uh, I tried. Uh, I got this request from my brothers and they asked me, please help to create content about accounting. I tried and I failed. I think that was generic, so generic. And many years ago, when I started my digital journey, I hired a team of writers who wrote about anything. For example, weight loss, finance, anything. Uh, this team wrote, wrote Google rank, everything was fine. But today, Google fired this team. Okay, uh, I fired this team. Google helped me, you know, <laughs> to fire this team. But <laughs> because uh, today it's important to have experience, to know. And uh, I think AI is not ready to replace human beings because someone needs to manage the process. Someone needs to write prompts and to edit because uh, without knowing the topic, you can't create yep. great content and you mentioned many times you can help your customers uh, if i understand right uh, to create content can you tell how you find writers who can help you to to do it yeah so we do uh we don't employ like a wide spectrum of writers just because we we're not we're industry agnostic right like we work with e-commerce brands we work with financial service brands we work with service-based uh, car washes, right? Really the whole spectrum. So when we're talking about content and production of content, we do look and bring in specific writers that have background and understanding of the topic, right? Um, that's a key piece of, of criteria for producing high quality search engine content. To your point is having somebody that actually has experience in the space, right? Um, and especially too with the with the level of certain clientele that you're working with, right? You're, we're talking uh, medical professionals, we're talking accountants, we're talking lawyers. Um, the fluff doesn't fly with them and, and the fluff that could be produced with AI um, without that guidance, without that management, without that editing, right? It's not going to cross their desks, right? It's going to get caught. They're going to bring it back. And then it's just going to become a tedious process that takes so much time going back and forth to get things right. So 
that's where for each engagement, we are looking for subject matter expert, right? Some sort of guide that has past experience and understanding in the particular field that we're writing content for. And that's a part of our content marketing and strategy when we're building and producing content and information. Um, and it, it, it more, it's a lot too of an efficiency thing as well for us in that, okay, could AI probably get us eventually to the point where the client's like, yes, this, this topic is good. It could, but what will happen is it's going to be a lot of feedback and input from the client, which is going to take them, them more time and energy, which is going to cause frustration, right? Because every client wants things to happen as quickly as possible. Um, they don't want to have to do a lot of the work, right? A lot of yeah. times they're hiring us to, hey, give me more time, give me more freedom to where, okay, I know that all of this stuff that I need to do is getting done and you guys are handling it, right? Um, so having that guide uh, in the process is just going to alleviate um, a lot of those issues. And again, it's going to, yeah, help make your content more distinct. They're going to be able to communicate with the client um, at a level that someone like myself might not be able to because I have no background and no experience and no expertise in whatever that particular space might be. Um, and so I think that's where we're bridging the gap as well is that um, we're able to take that individual, write the content, um, and then from there, make sure that we come back into the fold. It's optimized, aligns with best practices. Um, we run every piece of content through uh, we, we use ClearScope is the name of it to where uh, ClearScope uh, matches your content with SERPs that are out there and identifies, hey, how well does this uh, piece stack up against uh, what content information is already available online? So obviously that's giving you some ranking parameters and understanding, okay, am I producing this content for not? And if so, let's go back to the drawing board and improve it. So yeah, a lot to unpack there, but uh, yeah, I think you have to bring people into the fold uh, that have an understanding or at least are a part of the process for maybe like a copy editing, proofreading type of deal, or just injecting additional um, fact checking into that content and information too. Because that's that's the funny part about AI I find as well is like, where's this information even coming from, right? Like I'm putting in these prompts and it's just outputting this information, but how do I even know without researching whether or not, if I don't know about the topic, right? How do I yeah. even know that what it's telling me is true and accurate? And yeah. so that's where, all right, you put that in front of a client and then they're like, where did, this is not even true. And then you're, then you're really in trouble. Right. So, um, yeah. yeah, definitely. That's a, that's a big piece of the, of the strategy. Yeah, nice. You know, my my cat decided to turn off my camera. <laughs> no worry. Yeah, I was I was trying to answer that complicated question while all that was going on. So, hopefully, I hopefully I made some sense there. Yeah. Uh, Rob, I wanna ask about mistakes. I made a lot of mistakes. I keep doing them, and um, I think it's a good way to learn something new. Uh, and uh, for example, when I started PR. Uh, I failed with all my press releases. I failed with all pitching, but I learned how it, it works. And uh, you share a, a lot of valuable tips, but I think uh, marketers can get such uh, skills after making many mistakes, you know, to learn from them. So can you list mistakes that you can see companies still do but can avoid because it's part of the job in marketing yep. to make mistakes to learn and to find the right strategy and a lot of content we create that 
don't provide any results. But it's the same with uh, Neil Patel. He shared that. 80% of content <laughs> don't provide results. So your tips about mistakes that we can avoid. Yeah, I think the biggest mistake that I see is that there's a lot of times a lack of preparation uh, when embarking on these marketing strategies, plans, whatever it may be. And so what I what I mean by that is everyone's obviously, mar marketing's exciting, right? Because marketing is a lot of, look at what we could do, right? Look at what we can achieve. Look at the amount of new business that can come into the business, right? It's a lot of forecasting, sometimes, you know, pie in the sky type of ideas of like, okay, yeah, that's great. Um, but then, you know, the expectations versus the reality, right, are always, always misaligned. Um, but I think the reason why is because of a lack of preparation, like I mentioned. And what I mean by that is people are so quick to just get going, right? So like if we're running a Google ads campaign, people are like, how can we just get the ads up and running immediately? What they fail to realize is that their lack of preparation and proper planning um, is what's going to be their downfall and unraveling to where they will have to go back to step one. And so what I mean by that a lot of times more often than not is what are you tracking? How are you tracking it? And I think a big one that gets missed is even if you think you're tracking it, are you tracking it properly, right? So like a lot of times we'll come on to someone's uh, account, you know, we're looking at GA4, we're looking at their conversion metrics and they don't even make sense, right? Like you have conversion numbers that are 140%. It's like, that's not even possible. So we obviously have some sort of mismatch there. So a lot of times we're saying, okay, what do we want to track on the website, right? Is that tracking properly set up? Um, and if it's not, we need to go back and make sure that, okay, we properly configure that, we test it, um, we make sure that it is working because once we turn this on, that's the information and data that's gonna help us get to all those things we talked about in terms of we want to achieve this, right? Or we think we can achieve this. It truly is going to be in that data and information being passed through back to you and then being able to disseminate it having it in a in a location that you know you can sort you can understand it um because a lot of this as you know it, it becomes data analysis right and so if you rush if you don't properly um set up all the different conversion tracking methods um the plan of attack uh the goals as well right okay once you have those conversion uh that conversion tracking set up i see that being the leader um, of mistakes, right? Or you might not even know you're making m mistakes because you're just, you're flying blind, right? Um, you think something's happening, um, but in reality, what's actually happening on the website isn't true and accurate um, because you haven't spent the time um, to invest in what I would say is just a small, small, small piece of the overall yeah. picture, but, but generates incredibly um, better results, right? So, and there was a lot that went on with UA transitioning to GA4, right? So I, I guarantee you right now, like a lot of those automated shifts from UA to GA4, that GA4 tracking in there probably needs to be rebuilt from the ground up. We've seen that quite often. Um, and then the investment in like advanced analytics and advanced app implementations of tracking too. Um, we've started to do a lot more just in terms of, okay, what we can track with Go uh, Google Tag Manager, um, what we want to track, why we want to track it, right? Um, I think those are key to avoiding 
bigger mistake. So take that extra couple of days, right? Run a couple of those extra tests early on, and that will prevent you from making bigger mistakes down the road because you're then optimizing off of data that's not accurate. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's like in medicine, when uh, uh, patients are not ready to pay a dollar for prevention, but they will pay thousand dollars for treatment. Right? So. Yeah, exactly. No, seriously, that's so true, right? It's uh, it's like, okay, you're going to go and spend thousands and thousands of dollars on these ads, but we don't want to take an extra two, oh. three days to ensure that, you know, we have proper analytics or if it's a, if it's a complicated, um, if it's a complicated situation, right, spending that extra time to, you know, do a little bit more of an advanced implementation of tracking. Yeah, so it's it's funny. It's an interesting conundrum for sure. Yeah, companies sometimes lose a lot of money. And uh, I remember when Stefan Spencer, he's well-known marketing expert. He wrote a book with Frank Wishkin, uh, shared on his podcast that he lost 500K on LinkedIn ads to get zero leads <laughs> so wow. yeah a, a lot of money good money but yeah it's yeah. better to and i mean the the it, it's more just it's not the it's not the most fun thing to do i think that's what it is right it's just yeah. it is it is more of the tedious task it's not the flashy exciting stuff but it makes all the difference right i mean we we were working on a e-commerce site on big commerce and big commerce, you know, compared to like your Shopify, you know, you're just, it's a little, it's a little more rudimentary, tougher to work with. Right. So we spent time with this client, um, just really, you know, a whole month, right. Of, Hey, let's take a step back. I don't, this data doesn't make sense. It doesn't align. Um, and I mean, you know, we spent a month, but last two months actually just actively right now, I mean, we're, we've outpaced, uh, prior months, total sales through what's today, the 19th. And, and I guarantee it's, it's because of that data and information, because going back to the AI and machine learning, that's what a lot of these ad platforms are using too, right? Is that tracking and information and data that's flowing back through to then go, okay, accurately place ads or content, whatever it may be in front of the, the right individual. So yeah, that's the big one. Um, it's tough. People, it, the people that get it, get it. And then those that don't, don't. So those that don't get it, it's it's, it's a difficult hill um, to get over with them sometimes. But I think it's more keeping in mind, you know, light at the end of the tunnel, right? It's all right. The penny wise, don't be penny wise pound foolish in that. Okay, we're we're saving a couple hundred bucks that we would spend on analytics tracking, and and but we're losing thousands of dollars in wasted ad spend because we don't have that properly configured. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, Rob, I like your energy. And Thanks. I think without energy, it's impossible to get results because in marketing, we need to have energy. And uh, sometimes I cooperate with clients uh, who have skills, but have no energy and uh, it doesn't work. You need to be energetic <laughs> to be ready and energetic uh, companies usually uh, fail okay analyze uh fix go ahead fail and they can fail many times but yep and for example mr beast uh, he got first thousand subscribers after 18 months so many months he didn't give up he uh loves what he does so and yeah today uh, he has almost uh, 200 million 
uh, subscribers. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, no, I mean, I think yeah, passion, passion's always you can't replace passion, right? Um, that's number one. Having fun, enjoying what you're doing. Yeah. Um, the challenge too, right? That's what I love about this space is like every client that we work with, it's a new, you know, a brand new business, right? It's like, all right, I got to figure everything out all over again, you know? Um, and I think the competition for me as well. So uh, myself, Brennan and Tyler, co-founders, uh, we're all athletes, former football players. So I know, I know you're a football player as well. And, um, and um it's just that competition to like win, right? Like that's what fuels us and that's what's fun because obviously, yeah, I'm not, not playing American football anymore, but uh, obviously, um, but yeah, it's that competitive nature, competitive energy, right? Beating, beating other websites, uh, winning new traffic, right? Winning new deals. Um, and so that all those things kind of passion, energy, competitiveness i think in the marketing space like you you gotta have that because otherwise yeah you're just gonna get beat down over and over yeah. and over and over again and then it, it, it gets hard to pick yourself back up because it is it is it's a lot of failures but it's what you make of those failures because in the failure is the information that gets you closer closer to the success yeah great great uh rob i want to ask about your experience um what they found um I usually get good results with clients who understand how digital marketing works. So if clients understand why we need to create high quality content, why it's important to bring something new, uh, why we need to think about traffic value than getting more traffic, then we can get great results. But if clients think that someone can fix everything, it, it doesn't work. Like, uh, for example, if you want to lose weight, you can find the best coach. But if you uh, eat junk right. food, uh, don't train hard, uh, don't drink water, it's hard to get results. Yeah, you're going to be uh, miss missing a piece of the puzzle. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, my main question about, um, for example, if someone wants to get background, uh, just basic, uh, what for example, what will you do today if you start from scratch to get the basic and then to cooperate with experts? Yeah, great, great question. So I think when we look at everything that goes on online, right, no matter if you're talking about social media, if you're talking search engine optimization, content, paid media buying, the foundation of everything that we do is on the website, right? Or some sort of platform online. Um, that's really where I started to learn and understand all the different workings was in the um, building of a website, right? And so um, kind of self-taught on my own, just spun up a WordPress site, added a theme, started messing around with stuff, breaking stuff, adding analytics codes, adding plugins, tracking, whatever it may be, right? And I think that foundational understanding of how the foundation of everything we do online is built and how that works, I think is really a very, very important piece of building an expertise in other lanes. And so, you know, when we talk about website, you know, you obviously talk about the design and the development of the site. There's tons of different variations, UI, UX, 
uh, conversion rate optimization, et cetera. You get into the analytics and the tracking and the data that's coming into your website and starting to understand, okay, who are these people? Where are they coming from? What content do they like? What do they not like, right? And then that obviously leads into, okay, well, what's SEO? How do I attract more traffic? Oh, I wrote this article and it's ranking for whatever it may be. Oh, great. Like, how do I do more of that? How do I understand more about keyword research and um, domain rating and all those other factors? And then, okay, well, I'm getting people to my website. Well, how do I, how do I get them to take action? And then it's like, all right, well, I can drive traffic through paid media, but if I'm driving them to a landing page that isn't converting, right, then we're all back to square one and that, well, how do I build a landing page that converts? So, so yeah, I think for me, like having that core understanding of whatever web platform it is that you're using, um, the different tools that you incorporate to give you um, the analytics and the insights of what's happening on your website is absolutely crucial to having a full understanding of um, the marketing scale. Now, with that being said, I don't know everything, right? Um, like for example, social media, I'd say that's kind of, that's my, I'm, I'm learning, right? I'm, I'm constantly learning and evolving and, and Brennan, one of my business partners, that's really his lane and understanding meta ads and, you know, demographic targeting and this and that, but I'm starting to build that up and understanding. So, but yeah, I mean, the way we build to, you know, we do have individual teams, so web team, SEO team, paid media team. Um, and then where we sit is really pulling all of that together, right, to build that strategy. But, you know, we're constantly, too, encouraging our employees, like, hey, to get better understanding cross-channel, um, because that's going to help you think in a holistic sense when it comes to marketing and advertising, because, you know, there isn't just one channel that solves all the problems. And more often than not, to create um, efficiencies, to drive down cost per acquisitions, you're going to need multiple touch points, multiple strategies across different channels, right? Um, but yeah, I'd say going back to, you know, if I was starting out again, that's, that's one of the first things I tell people. So like college kids that ask me or interns, like, what can I be doing on the side? And I said, go build a website. Like, just go on WordPress. It's free. Build yeah. it from scratch if you want to, right? Learn the coding languages or at least enough, at least enough to where you're a little bit dangerous, right? Or you can at least hold your own in those conversations. And, and then you'll progressively pick up more and more and more um, across all those channels that I just mentioned because they're all interlinked. Um, they're all woven together at that core central hub. Um, which is obviously our websites. <laughs> yeah, you, you remind me, great sportsman, for example, uh, Leo Messi. Yeah. Um, uh, once I checked his uh, daily routine, and uh, most of this routine is training, 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 but uh, it's not like to read books how to play soccer. <laughs> it's not like <laughs> how to uh, do it better. He uh, and practice is more important than learning. Yeah. yeah, you can learn. You can learn to find the door that you, that you need to open. But practice makes miracles. Nothing else. Yeah, and I don't even think like, like you don't even really need direction either in the sense of like, you know, I just started building a web. Like I didn't even, I was just trying to figure out. And then, you know, next thing you know, you're like, oh, I just built that. Like, that's cool. Now I want to make it better. So then you go and figure out how do I make it better, right? And then it's just kind of that progressive right and then you do it again and you do it again and you do it again and 
you know, next thing you know, you've got whatever it is you end up with, <laughs> but the knowledge and understanding, right. Yeah. And the experience. Um, and that's with flying V group. I mean, that's how I built the flying V group website. By no means was I an expert in web design or development. Right. But I knew enough to get that started and then incorporated, obviously my corporate marketing advertising, but you know, I had to learn all the, how do I add a tracking code? Right. How do I, um, how do I add all these plugins for performance optimization? Because, you know, when you're starting out, you don't you don't have any money to pay somebody to do that, right? So you got to do do it on your own. But I think that goes to um, the investment and time in yourself, right? Um, and and taking that time and energy um, to figure it out, right? And figure it out mm-hmm. on your own too. Obviously, yeah, I've had help and support, but you know, I think the best the best way to learn is you know you you go and figure it out, right? Yeah, you probably need some guidance here or there, but um, you know the answers are out there. You just got to find them, know where to look, and and keep progressing, right? And not get not get frustrated by failure. I think is a big common theme of everything we're talking about. Awesome, awesome, yeah. And I have my final question about your management style. You mentioned you have a team, different marketers, and I know uh from my personal experience that sometimes i am jack of all trades master of none because i have great people who can handle almost everything for example even on this podcast you know everything what i can do just speak with you (laughs) that's it you know i have specialists who can invite great speakers outreach them who can create promo video who can uh, convert to audio format who can promote on social media to send newsletters uh, if uh, in SEO I have link builders who can create great link building campaigns PR and all of them different and it's important to encourage them and understand what they do so tell about your management style how you encourage your team to go ahead and provide results yeah, I think for me is is it's that trust, trust and understanding, um, and and commitment to them, right? I think one of the things that for me that I love most about this job is the commitment that I have to show up every day and do the best that I possibly can um, to help and improve whatever it is they want to improve within their lives or what they're learning and understanding. Um, and then I think it's you know uh, the encouragement and really being able to allow them to flourish and encourage them to try new things, not be afraid to fail, um, putting trust in they're going to do um, a good job. And, and I believe that. And guess what? If it doesn't work out, that's fine. We go and we learn from that. So constantly kind of pushing that innovation, like I want new ideas. There's never a bad idea. Um, if you have a new idea, bring it to the table. We'll talk about it, right? We will 100% always talk about it. And if it works to incorporate it, we'll incorporate it, right? So I think it's really that ownership um, of their work and being able to do whatever it is they want to do as well is something I encourage. Like, hey, if you want to try, you know, in this particular space, let's do it, right? So it's really just that enablement um, and really allowing people to grow and flourish and have a sense of community, I think, is important as well. So coming again from sports and athletic, you know, team. It really is like, we're only as strong, we're only as strong as the 25th, 26th member of the team, right? There's no one that's above another. Um, I think it's, we're all collaboratively working together towards a common goal. Um, And with that comes accountability, right? 
um, we have to have accountability as well within that organization to get us to where we want to go. But I think at the end of the day, yeah, it's just like, I trust my employees more than, more than anyone. Right. And I want them to, I want them to tell me, right. Like, and, and that's, what's exciting too, is like, I'm getting to the point where they're coming to me and saying, Hey, we should be doing this, this, and this. And you know what I say? I agree. Let's, mm-hmm. let's do it. Right. Or let's test it. Or that's a great idea. So you know, that trust, um, understanding, right? Empathy as well. Um, really trying to put yourselves in their shoes as best as you possibly can, I think is key. Um, but then it's also the example I set too is important, right? So showing up every day, you know, kind of just all the basic stuff, right? You show up, you work hard, you're trustworthy, um, you're honest, you're straightforward. Um, you're keeping in mind, again, the team versus just the individual, um yeah i don't know what style that might be but <laughs> yeah. uh i think it's definitely re- i used to be a, a coach to a high school football coach so um definitely working with high school kids is is interesting right but you know one day they need one thing the next day they need something else right because every single day is different um every single day people are going through different things and so just just caring right i mean yeah. just like having a deep rooted care for the people that are around you um, I think if you do that as a leader and you want to invest and, and let them soar, right? Like I want, I want to see my employees going up and up and up and up, whatever that might be for them. Right. Um, and, and that makes me really excited. So however I try and manage that way, that's, I guess, my management. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> I'll, have to, I'll have to boil that down maybe into whatever, whatever we will call it. But, um, yeah, yeah. you remind me this quote. Uh, that uh, a great team can develop a mediocre idea, but a bad team can destroy a great idea. <laughs> so, yeah, I agree. No it, doubt. It, it's not bad idea. It's it's like uh, performance, uh, how you implement, how you test. You can fail, but go ahead. Yep. And uh, big companies like Walmart, Sony, Disney, uh, many great companies didn't start with great ideas. They right. develop them. They started with generic ideas, you know, nothing special. Yeah, so, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, yeah, we're constantly wanting to. That, that's kind of the point now too. It's like the innovation side of things, right? How can we? How, never being satisfied, I think, is a key too, right? In that, you know, how do we? How do we continue to press forward? How do we continue to provide better service for our clients, right? How do we go above and beyond? Because it's like, all right, if all things are equal between us and somebody else in terms of competition, you know, it might be that passion that we talked about, right? It might, it might just be that um, yearning for new knowledge and new understanding that separates you from someone else when all else is equal. Awesome. Awesome. Love it. Love it, Rob. It's a big pleasure to get on my show. I love this experience. So fun, valuable. Tell the best way how to keep learning from you, how to reach out to you, how to follow you. Yeah, no, thanks for the opportunity. Our website's a great resource. So it's flyingvgroup.com. Um, recommend people sign up for our newsletter. Uh, Audrey and I run our newsletter and putting content and information out on a weekly basis. Great value there. Um, and then, yeah, all social media platforms, LinkedIn, X, Twitter, um, Instagram. It's just my name. Everything should just be Rob Farian. Um, would love to connect with everybody, have conversations. Um, you can shoot me an email, DM, I get back to everybody. Um, yeah, just really want to build a community, learn from others, meet new people from all over the world. And yeah, it's, it's been a fun journey and, 
um, would love to connect with everybody. Awesome. Awesome. Guys, you can find the links to social media accounts, LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, X Twitter in the description below to the website. Uh, I recommend anyone to follow Rob on social media because I do. I need more value. <laughs> and if you want to become a much better marketer, you need to do it. Okay, guys. Love you. See you. Thanks for tuning in to Unmiss. Enjoyed the show? Drop us a review on your favorite platform and help us spread the digital marketing wisdom. See you next episode.